okay so i wanted to keep elaborating on what i was talking about earlier about hearing moaning when i first woke up it's funny because I've talked about in previous episodes how I always hear these sexual perverted sounds. Like, you know, I'll hear them everywhere I go. And, like, especially through the walls. And it's, like, super uncomfortable. But then I've talked about the visions I've had that are super, like, overly sexual and demonic. Then I talked about the sexual prostitution ring that I felt like I was, um, like, kidnapped into. And I've, I've just talked about a lot of these different things. But all I know is, like, I just keep hearing it, and it's always about either sexual things, always about perverted sexual things, always, all the time. Or, excuse me, it's also about, you know, like, I hear a lot of jokes and laughter, and it's always, like, the teasing and laughing and the mocking about, you know, sexual perverted things. And, you know, I don't know at this point, but I wonder if anybody would ever be in this position if they were already super perverted. Like, if they were already overly perverted and super sexual and didn't have any respect for their body or their selves, would you know, they even be in this position. So that's another reason why I genuinely feel like, you know, this is God. God, you know, has placed me here, you know, in this situation because a lot of times, you know, I'm I am like almost like somebody's trying to trick me into like agreeing to like things that would disrespect my like like things that show that you have no self-respect for yourself and anytime I you know even feed into that it's like whatever this is let's like kind of let's go like pull out or even if it's like something like you know I love attention or it's not about deeper things for me. Like, I don't care about anything deep or, like, maybe if I was just vain and, like, not trying in life or comfortable staying in one position, not wanting more for myself, not following or chasing God, or if I ever got to that point where I'm like, you know what, I don't have to try anymore now. I'm just going to be just like every other girl. You know, I want to go get my body done and I want to, you know, wear makeup and weave and nails and not care about nothing but makeup, weave and nails, how I look, how I dress every day and getting dudes that got money. And, you know, that's all that matters, just using dudes for money, etc. And I know for sure if I, you know, after God has pulled me out of that, if I went back to that. That I would be going to hell. I don't believe God would ever give up on me. 
but it it is conflicting when it feels like if this is God. And the only reason I'm saying if this is God now, even after my last podcast, and this I wanted to talk about this. I knew that after I had, you know, after my last podcast, so motivational and so, you know, just confident in the future that God has that after that, immediately they was going to try and tear down each and every single last thing I said. They, they, you know, more predictable than they think they are. But yet still, to a certain extent, like certain things do strike, you know, catch my attention when it's like, I notice, like, I have a pattern, not a pattern, but I have a way about myself where this is before I ever even got here. This is before any of this ever even started. I, when I read my Bible, <clears throat> getting into the mindset of focusing on nothing but the Bible and not letting anything distract me. And I know that this is demonic and that this is God, you know, bringing me out of something or through something because... They specifically don't want me to focus when it comes to praising God. Like anything else, especially if they can pull me away from the Bible, they will leave me alone or support. Like especially when I'm praying really hard or when I'm reading my Bible and I'm really focused and I'm really trying to learn and really trying to apply what I'm reading to my life and go to different levels with God they will fight so hard to distract me and pull me away from God and tear down whatever it is I've built up in God and with God. But like, since I know that, you know, I do my best not to, you know, provoke in a way, like be overly confident about the fact that they can't because that provokes them to really want to. And then don't say much about it, but just feel it and know it. And even then, they still do whatever they can to try and tear down whatever it is I'm confident in or say. Like, I've said this before in a previous episode, but this, like, I noticed, you know, certain qualities about this is more about, like, breaking my spirit and, like, wanting to take away anything that I just believe and love so much that motivates me and keeps me going. Anything that gives me a break, anything that brings peace to my soul, anything that makes me happy, anything that, you know, builds me, they want to take. And if I notice like they can take God, they couldn't take God. Like they tried that last year and still are trying that every day. But now, you know, I noticed last year the whole time they were searching for something, anything. And this is the only thing that contradicts the fact that, you know, they want me to, if I would ever, you know, have no self-respect or not want more in life or do other things and be, you know, vain, you know, they would walk away and pull out. The only thing that contradicts this is the fact that last year, you know, I pretty much almost was like that. Most, not mostly, but partially. And they, that's when they started. 
But still, even last year, it was a choice. It was like, go out and be, you know, how you've been or possibly get worse. And never want more for yourself or pull back and come into God and really fight harder to be better if you want to be better. So every single day that I decide to be better, which that's just a part of me. I don't think I can change that, but I won't, you know, challenge that because I know that I'm only 25 years old. And so many times and so many days, I think like, you know, should I use these years to make those mistakes? Like there's 25 year olds and I don't want to compare my life to anybody, but there's so many young people. Who out here living life to the fullest. They traveling the world. You know, they are experiencing all the things they want to experience. And, you know, that doesn't mean God doesn't love them. That doesn't mean God can't save them. That doesn't mean that God isn't there for them. I can still do that if I want to do that. But I always dream of doing it with God. And I don't want to, you know... So many different times pastors say, get God now while you can. You don't, tomorrow is not promised. So I could have ignored his call and went off and did all that stuff instead. But I looked at God's call as a once in a lifetime chance. I don't know if everybody has that mindset. Like some people might think that's not a once in a lifetime chance if you ignore it now. Go on and live your life. He'll still be there. God will always be there, you know. Come back later. He'll call you again. It's not like, you know, he's going anywhere. And if he really loves you and God really loves you, knowing that God really loves you, he'll always be there. But tomorrow's not promised. I can go off and try and live my life and then die tomorrow and then I'm going to hell. So I took advantage of, you know, that call to an assignment to be better, to come into him. And I don't know what would happen if I didn't. Honestly, I don't regret it not one bit because the fact of the matter is I wouldn't have started reading my Bible if I didn't already feel him calling me into him. Like, But what I'm saying is even after starting to read my Bible, I didn't have to keep going further. I didn't have to want to be better. I didn't have to still delve deeper and want the truth more than anything in life. But that's why I picked up my Bible. But a lot of... People my age don't have that mindset, and I understand that. And I actually, I realize that now more than ever. So it's another thing that actually confirms to me that this is God and this is his plan for my life. Besides everything that he's been showing me. Yet still, you know, I realize like it feels like a lot of times I can't make certain mistakes. I can't make, you know, I can't do certain things or I lose everything I work so hard for with God. And if I'm smart, nothing is worth it. I am. Yet still, I oftentimes will get the word from God. Don't ever think that I would abandon you if you abandon me. Even if you abandon me and abandon your walk and everything, don't ever think that I would abandon you. 
But the thing is, I can't abandon him. He's instilled way too much in me by now at this point. God has instilled so much in me. I know that. And I can't deny that at this point. And I know that God knew that when he called me to this assignment. Because I heard a pastor say, God, when he places you in certain situations or when he puts you under an amount of pressure, just like Job, you know, when he introduced him to Satan, he said, have you considered my loyal and faithful servant Job in all the land? He was the most loyal. He was the most faithful. And Job even said out of his mouth, not that I am super confident in being perfect, though I am. Though I am, that really caught my eye. My eye and was on my heart after I read that because <clears throat> I said so many different times people say I'm perfect. This is why this is happening to me. And I can never say I'm perfect. I can never agree with the fact that I'm perfect, though I've heard it different times throughout my life, even when I was not even where I'm at now. I've heard that I'm perfect and I'm just, I never understood it. I'm like, what is perfect? Because we're all made perfect in God's image and we're all so different. So what makes me perfect? I even asked somebody who said that to me one time. Usually I would disregard it because I just didn't, I, I know I'm not perfect. If I were truly perfect, I would have never made a mistake in my life and I've made many. So I can't be perfect, but I've asked somebody in my life why do you think I'm perfect what makes you think I'm perfect and they couldn't explain it they were just like listen you're perfect you're perfect and I'm like no I'm not perfect like no you're perfect you are perfect and you and I could tell they believed that but I felt like maybe that's just your own personal opinion but it happened to be after I was reading my bible and was you know seeking God now when Job said this it reminded me of all the times people call me perfect and all the times I was just I can never say I'm perfect even though when other people say it like I question it in my heart and I think about it really hard and I'm like I'm not perfect can't be perfect and it feels like God is confirming you are perfect and I like what is perfection at this point then? Because if I'm perfect, then that means perfect makes mistakes. And is that possible? I'm like, maybe I'm perfectly imperfect. Like, no, just perfect. And I couldn't understand what made me perfect. But Job, he brings a lot of insight on that. And God has placed my heart on Job. Like, listen, Job. Job throughout this whole situation, Job throughout this whole season, Job throughout this entire debacle, Job. And I've read Job and I know Job is where I need to be, but I understand in my heart it's not in a place to truly take in Job like I should. And I I know that's God. I know that's God telling me where I'm at with that because even though I feel like he's telling me to read Job, 
he knows how I feel and when I'm going to be in the right place where he'll be able to pour into me the right understanding of Job because I don't have it yet. For so long, I've resented the book of Job and God for Job because I said, how could God hurt Job for no reason just to prove a point to Satan? Who is Satan? He is a liar. He is imperfect. He fell from grace. You know, he betrayed God and God still has something to prove to someone like that. Shouldn't that make me feel like Satan is more than what God wants to admit that he is? But he's not because if he were, wouldn't he have been able to accomplish what he set out to do? Which is take God's place and sit in the throne of heaven. And he's never been able to do that. He's only been able to imitate God. So if that be the case, and then I have so many different questions. Why is Satan, you know, invited to the meetings of all the angels? That's how he got, that's how he found out about Job. Why does God give him Job? And Job did nothing wrong. Job didn't deserve that. Even though the the book tells you everything. Why does Satan get to keep his power after betraying God? It, I question this and deeper, later on I got deeper into it, but for so long God did not let me go further into the questions about that because he realized Satan was playing a trick on my mind, trying to turn me against him. Just like he turned a third of the angels against him with his lies saying, you know, God is not really almighty and all powerful and he's not really perfect. He's not really good. And he it's, this is all his fault. And you know, he can be dethroned and none of that is true. He cannot be beat. He cannot be dethroned. He is perfect and he is almighty and powerful. So the obvious, you know, thing is, you know, Satan is a liar. He can't beat God. But still, when you dig deeper, you wonder why God has something to prove to Satan. And the obvious answer to that is he doesn't. But why does it seem like he does? And I felt like, you know, so hurt about that for so long. Like, you know, I don't feel like I can trust anybody. I've never felt like I can trust anybody ever since I was a child. So this right here, Job, just being everything he could be. And I'm not even everything I could be for God. But Job being everything he was supposed to be for God and still, you know, God handing him over to Satan. How can I trust God? How can I trust him? What like it doesn't like whether I do the right thing or do the wrong thing, I'm still going to suffer. And I know that by now I haven't trusted anybody since I was like a child. I know that. But it's like even if. Because all these times, all these days, I've wondered if it's my fault. I've wondered if, there were, if I could have done something different. I've wondered if I could have been more perfect. And I've always just kind of like dreamed and had like I fantasized and, I, and it kind of takes me away from my reality. Well, I think to myself, what if I was perfect my whole life? What if I did everything I was supposed to do for God? Would I have this? Would I have that? Would I be okay? Would I not have had to suffer? And then Job kind of like, you know, just hurts me because 
No, that doesn't guarantee anything. You could, you like, you still would have had to suffer just like Job. So for a while, almost resented God, but for a while, he didn't delve too deep into that. I think a lot of it had to do with him holding back his anger about my heart and how it how I felt about him and Job in that situation even being ignorant and not knowing anything just like Job didn't just like God said at the end of Job you don't know anything you don't understand everything that's going on like I do so who are you to question what I do so I I try to be very careful after a while I realized it was kind of a tender subject only because how I felt about it, not because he's not sure what he's done. So I was careful with my questions, even though I had them. And I felt like I buried that in my heart, but not too much because I wanted God to tell me and explain explain himself to me. And I feel like that's partially the reason why I really didn't get a lot of clear answers on that. Because it's many reasons. One being that when you almost don't want to hear the answer to it when you almost just don't want that answer like you don't want that to be the answer you don't accept it and he could have given it to you a million times and he did he gave me the answer a million times it's simple you know I am God I know what's right and that's that and I just didn't want that answer because I was just like yeah you're God you know what's right, and that's true. And if that's where I have to leave it at, and that's where I have to leave it at. But my questions remain unanswered, and I feel like that's not, you know, I'm coming to you for answers. So, you know, it kind of pushed me away in my heart. So, like I said, it was a tender subject. But more recently, I'm understanding Joe's position. Only in the beginning, a little more, and yet still, I have these questions where I'm still so hurt about it. And like, I don't want to keep talking about it. Like Job even understands better than I do. He's the one who had to go through it. But it's like, I'm learning so much through this time. And I realize, you know, God gives you things when you least expect them, when you stop demanding them and wanting them so much that they keep you from different things he's trying to bring you to. When you're able to have an open heart and still follow him blindly, even like, you're following blindly because you don't know or you don't want to know or you don't trust the answer. You have to be able to. And then he brings you to the answer and then he'll explain everything you didn't know by the time you trust him anyways. Because if you're demanding an answer and you're saying to yourself, I won't move like a stubborn donkey. You're like, I won't move. I'm not going anywhere and I'm not taking the next step until you tell me what's going on or what happened or what will happen, then he's like, then you're not going to move. Because number one is trust. Number two, no, number one is trust and faith in him. And number two, he's God. No, number one, he's God. Number two is trust and faith. I think that's, that's all one answer. Trust and faith in the fact that he's God. Period. He knows everything. And if you cannot submit to him with humility in that manner, then you don't get an answer because it's not like those things are going to change. He's never going to not stop. He's never going to stop being God Almighty Alpha and Omega. And you're never going to, you know, be able to change that. 
So if you decide that you're not going to do something, he's loving, he's merciful, he's gracious, and he cares what you how you feel. So he's careful with your heart. But what you need to understand is that you're only hurting yourself. You only hurt yourself like forgiveness. When you choose to not forgive somebody, that's only hurting you, not them. As much as you think it hurts them, it hurts you more, way more. So if you say, I'm not forgiving you, I'm going to hate you forever, then you're going to have hate in you forever. Every single time you think about it, it's going to hurt you. Every single time you go and try and do something, it's going to affect your decisions and your thinking and your growth and your peace and your love and your heart. And that's hurting you more than anybody else. Imagine stabbing yourself and expecting someone else to bleed. That's what it is. So every single time, you know, I thought about that. I told myself one day, one day I'm going to have a better understanding. One day, you know, I'm going to be brought to a place. I'm trusting in God to bring me to a place where I will finally you know, understand that, what he did, because I I hear you. You know, I know the story. I don't understand it how I should. That's what I'm admitting. But I still don't agree with that. I don't agree with it. And God is like, so what if you don't agree? I am God. And that's what he told Job. And that's kind of what I resented. Like, so I'm just supposed to feel like when stuff, bad stuff happens. Wasn't fair, wasn't deserving, didn't have it to happen to me or somebody else. I'm just supposed to say, so what? You're a God. And that's been my life. Yeah. And accepting that. But also knowing who he is, you have to know his character. So I think the mix up with the with the understanding of Job. For me. Was questioning his character. That's why it was such a tender subject, because I'm questioning God's character, just like everybody in Job did. Well, not everybody, but Job questioned his character at one point. And then Satan loves to play over that story. Oh, he loves it. I know he I know he has in my life. He's loved to play over that story in my life, because every single time I get so comfortable and I say, I can trust God. I know I can trust God. Satan is. Can you? And it's not that I listen to Satan or always listen to him, which I can't deny that I haven't. You know, I've listened to Satan many times. Like us all, I'm not perfect, like I said. But skip forward what God has brought me to a deeper understanding of as I read Job more recently. Job questioned God's character. He did. He said, How is God a good God? Because God knows I'm innocent and he's allowed this to happen to me. So how do I know he's a good God? Because at this point, I'm just questioning if he is a good God to let something bad happen to a good person. And I felt Job so many different times in my life, but deeper now, because I really kind of understand it a little more now, just I mean, I can't say I really understand it more. I can just say that this situation has brought different things to light more about that. And 
I, I just know that, you know, God is still waiting for me to get to that. I won't say waiting because, you know, he doesn't wait. He knows the time in the day. But God, you know, I have yet to get to that point where he's ready to completely give me the answer I'm looking for. I know when I get it that the day that I get that, God willing, I get that answer. Because I did read a verse that says, God doesn't have to tell you all his plans. He's not required. He's God. So I might die without answers to certain things and I will still have to be okay and trust God. And I'm blessed to, you know, be brought to a new understanding that, you know, I may not. I had for so long to accept that I may have to and still love him and trust him regardless and still be willing to learn whatever it is he's willing to pour into me. Despite my questions and despite my, you know, doubts. Because only then, you know, will I ever get anything. I can hold myself back from God and only be hurting myself. And if you decide, God, I don't believe in you. You're not real. And you don't have all the power. And I don't need you. You will only be hurting yourself every time you need him. But... Yet still, you know, so I decided I did my best because I can't say that I was full on board. But I I decided to, you know, still seek God anyways. Because I said, even all all the questions I have unanswered, all the things I felt was unfair, and all of the things I wish that you you could have done or will do, you know, I still want the truth. And if anything... That's worth, you know, giving you, you know, what I can. Because I I don't know how to give you everything right now. And reading that verse, it stuck out to me. I heard God. I felt him. I was like, Jesus, like, thank you, Jesus. I felt it. I felt it. It was like, even though, you know, I I don't claim to be perfect, though I am. When I read that. I'm, 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 um, I can't think of the word, but I am, you know, rewording it. I'm rewording it. But all I know is when I read it, I said, wait, we do have a lot in common. Cause I try to be very careful on comparing myself to Job. A lot of us, we compare ourselves to Job and we tend to forget that Job was blameless, a hundred percent blameless, loyal and faithful. He was perfect. Even God said that. A lot of us, we compare ourselves to Job, forgetting that, what about all that stuff you just did? We're doing stuff all the time. You are so guilty. You actually deserve this. But, you know, in this moment, you can't see that. So you feel like it's, you know, not what you deserve. But really, this is for what you did, like, you know, this that, that one time. So I try to be careful to compare myself to Job because, you know, sometimes God will reveal to me even when I'm not comparing myself to him. Yeah, this is for that. And I and I know you don't want to accept it, but or I know you know that. So I was careful with comparing myself to Job. That's a touchy subject. And even moving forward, though. 
Job being perfect, though. Like, even if, let's just make it just about Job then. Job was perfect. He didn't deserve it. Why? And reading that verse, you know, especially in this season where I feel like a lot of this stuff is unfair. And even God has confirmed, you know, God has confirmed to me both things. He's confirmed, he's confirmed to me both half of things. God's confirmed to me. Actually, you are, you know, wrong. In so many different ways, little do you know that you don't even realize how wrong you have been feeling like you deserve more or less than what you actually do deserve. And then he also confirmed that you are innocent, though. You are found blameless. God's words directly to me were you were found blameless. That's what he said to me when I visited him in heaven on trial. You have been found blameless. That was my judgment and so that confirms that you know I am like Job but at the same time no because like he said I'm still so 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 wrong so much more wrong than I am willing to admit or I have realized but it's okay he understands and in this situation in particular I am found blameless what is this situation well this situation is witches you know targeted me they tried to kill me God said I was going to let them kill you well I wasn't going to let them kill you but they would have killed you you would have went to hell for what you've done before meaning you're not blameless but in particular they had no reason to want to kill you in particular and the thing is yeah they probably could find a reason from everything you've ever done in your life but particularly the fact that they were targeting you wasn't anything you did specifically. You didn't do anything to them. So technically you're innocent or blameless. Not innocent, blameless. But you are going to still die and go to hell because of what you've done. And I saved you from that. And I want you to understand that I'm God and my judgment is always just. Meaning if you, because I felt immediately when he said that, I was like, how could you, what kind of God would, and I just automatically get so upset. Like how, like that's not fair. And all the angels are like, no, he's fair. And I'm like immediately made to realize He's absolutely fair. He's more than fair. He's merciful because after everything he had revealed to me, I had done that I didn't realize was, you know, as bad as it was, that was going to really get increase my torments in hell. You know, what he was giving me was grace, was merciful. Like what he was allowing me to walk away with was way better than what I deserved. And he even pointed out like, you know, I'm not changing my judgment but if you want what you deserve because you feel like it's not fair okay that's that's what's not fair about it what's not fair about it is you deserve more than what you're getting in a bad way like you deserve hell but I'm being merciful and I'm saving you from all of that and also he said you know but I will, I will, I will confirm to you 
that oh also I want to I want to mention this he said humble yourself too he definitely told me to humble myself but he, he had already done that when he showed me how wrong I really was but he said humble yourself when you even question my judgments because I'm God and it wouldn't matter not that I am wrong if I was I'm still God and you still be in hell not able to change a thing about it and when he said that, I was like, oh, I swear my demeanor was different. The, entire, the rest of the time, my demeanor was so different. It's not even funny. But all I know is I never, ever stood that straight up, got that quiet, or that humble in my spirit ever in life. Not even when I was a child and I used to get whoopings by my dad because he's the one person in my life who has ever seen me the, at the most humblest. Especially when it comes to weapons, not even then. Like I'm talking about with God. You know, with, with my dad, I probably I didn't used to cut looks. I didn't even used to cut looks. I knew better. With my dad, I used I like when he say shut up, I used to even shut up when I'm crying after getting a whooping. But yet still, I was still more humble, and I don't even know how to explain it. All I know is everything in my spirit stood still. Like, like at this point. Don't even like, like everything, every attitude, every bad thought, anything I felt like I was ever going to be. It was like, okay, let me not even play right now. This is for real. And it's like, you can't even think I'm not even playing right now. You just not. And I had never been humbled like that before. But when he did it, I was just like, I almost wanted to cry. He's like, I couldn't even cry. Crying would have been like, stop playing with me. And that's not how you talk, but, you know, that's how, that's how I'm verbing it. But then after I humbled myself and I stood straight, straighter than I ever did before in my life, you know, I questioned when as humble as I would in God's, was in God's presence when he said that, stop, like, I'm God, you know. After that, I was like, and before that, One of the angels actually got mad before he did. One of the angels was like, you know what? I'm going to handle this. And he took out his sword and started at me. And God was like, stop. Like, he had to stop one of the angels from cutting my head off. Like, the angel even said, like, and God even said, like, no, he was about to kill you. I was like, what? But that didn't even humble me like how God humbled me when he said something. Because a little while went past, he said a few more things, and I kept, I didn't, I wasn't, I was a little more humble after the angel was about to do something, but not as humble as when God humbled me. And when he did that, you know, after I stood straight and was as humble as I possibly could, and I even tried to ask, like, is this humble enough? <laughs> he like, no, not really, but you'll get there. Like, the at, at that point, I'm like, the amount of humble that you are requesting from me, I don't know if I'm capable of. He's like, oh, yeah, you will be. You will be, trust me. And that scared me because I didn't know how long I could hold it up. Like, I'm sitting so straight and I'm trying to be so humble. And I'm like, but you can, you will. In God's presence, trust me. Like, his mercy because I'm not knowing, you know, how long this will last after I'm gone because it's going to last in his presence. 
But, you know, I'm not longer knowing how long I'm going to last humble in his presence. I mean, humble after his presence. And God is like, you're going to be more humble. You're going to be as humble as I require you to be. If you ever expect to make it into heaven. And that scared me. Because I was really doing my best. Yeah. With just a little bit. That was really. I was willing to let go to. I won't say willing to let go. That had to go. And that still wouldn't have been enough. He said it. But after that. After I, you know, did my best to be humble, he still showed mercy because he's like, that's still not even enough. Like, when you look at the angels, they're angels, though. So it's different with them, but you kind of get an idea of how humble. But they're different, like I said, because with them, they know who he is. So, you know, and they're workers, like they're working. So their demeanor is absolutely humble. In his presence, but they're guards. They're standing guard. And they have to show you, like, you know, we're doing everything he said to do, so be careful. And they oftentimes want to cut your head off before he will even call it. But all I know is after I was humble and was humbled as much as possible, at that time, he was the loving guy he's always been. Because at that point, I was scared. But I should be. He's like, fear God. Like, I don't know who you thought you was. But this you now. This ain't Satan no more. We already pulled him off of you. So that means you going to get this. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I heard you. But after that, he was the loving God that he is. And he was just like, but I love you. And I know your heart. And I don't want you to think that I don't understand what you've been through, what you're going through, and what you need. This is why I'm here. And this is why you're getting this. And that's when I'm like, you know, I want to get happy about it. But I'm like, I don't know if I'm even able to get happy right now because I'm supposed to be humble. And he's still, like, checking me about that. Like, be careful with your attitude, too. <laughs> but at the same time, though, all this, you know, and Jesus is right there. And Jesus, and still, he's like, he's like, he can't really, he can't even deal with me right now. Because I'm not, as humble as I think I'm being, I'm still not humble enough. That's why he's just, like, to the point where he's like, don't even talk. Just don't talk. So Jesus starts helping. And Jesus is like, okay, Father, let me help her. And Jesus is so understanding. And Jesus just jumps into my body. And he just, like, gives God the exact words that I was trying to say from my heart. And he words it so perfectly. And I feel so much better in his presence. He's like, does that feel better? Isn't that what you meant to say? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because... I was about to get my head cut off before I was even sent back. And he's saving me from dying right now. So, you know, I was so grateful. But it just teaches you a lot about 
because something he revealed to me in that time is that how just his judgment is. Like, he's the only just judge. Like, these words in this Bible are not lies. This is the truth. There's nothing in this Bible that's deceitful or condescending. They're, they're not lying, holding anything back from you. There's no deceit. It's all truth, and he is good. He's just good. There's, there's no questioning God's character. You can, but it won't make a difference between who he is. And that's what I realized. So after I got back from judgment, I wanted Jesus to stay with me. I was like, Jesus, can you stay? I'm so scared to go back, especially after knowing all I've done and everything I've done wrong and how that can get me sent to hell. Like, can you stay and help and guide me? I don't want to keep doing these things and end up in hell. I know when you're here, you're protecting me from Satan, who's when he was just in my body, Jesus had to snatch him off me. When Satan was just in my body, I didn't even know that wasn't me. I was so angry. I was cursing out God arguing with the angels and I was just saying anything everything like I just was so wicked talking about you know I'm right I know I'm right it's nothing you can say you're wrong why weren't you there you didn't do this and I wasn't talking about much of anything but he had possessed my body and Jesus looked at me like I know that you come out of her and snatched him up off of me and when he snatched Satan up off of me I was like, whoa, what just happened? I'm like, I really thought that was me. I thought I was saying that to you. He was like, that's why I kept telling you it's okay because you don't know. That's what God kept saying to me every time. Everything I was saying, I was cussing him out. I was cursing at him, calling him everything. And God was like, the angels are like, do you want us to, you know, do something about this? How dare she talk to you like that? And God was like, it's okay. She doesn't know. And every time he kept saying stuff to me, I was cursing him. And he was like, it's okay. You don't know. Then when Jesus snatched him up off of me. And this is grace because at first when God showed up, you know, he was just talking to me and I was just cursing him out. And he pulled me into heaven. So I don't know if I was actually supposed to. I was supposed to because God knows everything. And it's supposed if it's if it happened, it was supposed to happen. But he was being like that's how much God loved me he pulled me in up there so that I could see for myself and that's how much of a calling I have on my life and that's when you know when Satan when I saw Satan sitting over there oh my goodness like he scared me because I realized he had the power to possess your body make you do anything you wouldn't have even known that it was not you you would have thought it was you. He can even imitate you so well that the only person who knows the difference is Jesus and God himself. Even the angels were ready to cut my head off. And only Jesus, it was Jesus that was like, hold on. And he looked to the side a little bit. So I know that's you. Come out. And that's how well he can disguise himself in your body. So a lot of times what I'm saying, you know... Just like the scripture says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. While he's being crucified, while they're laughing, mocking him. Get God to save you if you're really the son of God. 
have God come pull you down. All of this he went through, he still went through it because he knew that they weren't themselves. He knew it was Satan. That's how well he imitates people. That's how well he possesses people. So every single time when I'm going through this and I know I have to suffer and it hurts and yeah, I'm human too. Like I wish that I could, you know, take a break. I wish that I could, you know, ignore the fact that's not true. But God has already shown me that's not you. He's shown me that I'm not me. So when I know that, I can't just keep ignoring God's calling on my life and saying, well, I, you know, I can't say that I always am doing everything I'm supposed to do, but I can't keep ignoring, you know, what God has already shown me. And if I do, I'll go to hell. That's what it is. I know it's not you. So many people every single day, they laugh in my face. They laugh in my face and they say, you like you so convinced it's not us that's what's so funny this is us i did that i meant to do it like i hate you i don't like you or this is just what i feel like doing and you really think somebody controlling me nobody is controlling me and i say it all day i say god it's okay i say god thank you thank you for keeping me thank you for showing me and i tell people it's okay because you're being controlled it's not you and even when I'm struggling to accept that based on what they're doing and how much it seems like it's them, I know it's not them because Satan is so good at lying. He's so good at it. You won't even know it's you. You think it's you. I thought it was me. You know, and he even tried to jump back into me. When when God, when Jesus pulled him out, he tried to jump back into me and go lesser. Like he tried to be lighter, like with just a little bit of cursing him out, and just a, like without the cursing and without the neck and the attitude and the yelling, but just like still being disobedient deliberately. And Jesus recognized it was him and had to pull him off and then, you know, forbid him. But Satan is outrageous with his lies. And one thing you need to realize is whatever you it is you did is bad, but he's going to make it seem worse. Way worse. And he's going to try and get you like how they're opposites, but they're not equals. So God, he's going to try and get you way more than what you deserve, meaning way better off than what you deserve to end up. And Satan's going to try and get you way worse. So if you were a murderer... You're a mass murderer to Satan. If you lied, you are just, you know, a liar. And he always makes it worse than 10 behind it because it matters your heart. What you did, why you did it, when you did it, who you did it to. He's always trying to make it a million times worse. So after hearing what Satan was trying to do, you know, I was appalled, you know, because I'm like, imagine if God wasn't who he was. We always question God's character, but we need to be thankful of his character. Because imagine if he wasn't who he was. I'd be getting everything Satan wanted. And there's people out here who really want Satan to be their God. Really? You don't know his character. You don't know what he wants for you. 
You don't know where he wants you to go, where he's where he's planning on placing you when you go to hell. You just don't know him. God knows him. God's character is never to be questioned. It's Satan's character that you need to question. You don't even have to question it. He's not for you. He's just not for you. No matter what. But it gets hard. I understand. And Jesus understands because like Jesus says, I was tempted. So I understand what it's like for you all to be tempted. Jesus is so loving, so caring, so understanding. The only contrast between him and God's character is how much he understands us when we fall into temptation. And his his forgiveness. God is forgiving, but Jesus' forgiveness is different because he puts himself in your shoes. He was there, so he knows. That's the only contrast between their character. Other than that, they are exactly the same. They are equals. Well, I won't say that. He's the son and he's the father. God's the father. But... All that being said, you know, in reading Job and understanding perfection, because I feel like that's a very big part of this season, you know, perfect is perfect. It is. And when you see God, you know what perfect is. But here it's kind of hard to understand perfection. I think a lot of times because of Satan's lies. And how he tricks people into believing perfection is something different than what it is. And he always wants you to question God's character. But perfect is perfect, simply put. God is simple. He's simple. It is what it is. No deceit, no tricks, no, you know, asterisk, no, you know, but this, but that. No, it's just that. And there's no confusion with God. That's that. And I don't, I hope I never, I hope I never made it seem as if. God can be confusing. God is it's in the Bible. God is not a confusing God. But I just believe that, you know, I, I have a different understanding on perfection because though I'm not perfect, you know, I a lot of times I question whether that's Satan's tricks. He wants me to say that I'm perfect and admit that I'm perfect so that he can create this alter ego in myself. Or some sort of, so that he can get me to lie to myself and believe that. Once I believe I'm perfect, it's easier for him to maneuver in my life and get me to do things that are imperfect and stop striving towards being better because I feel that there's, you know, nothing to fix or things that I'm doing is okay and I'm absolutely wrong. How, what way do you get somebody to keep from seeing the wrong in their actions to make them believe it's not wrong or to make them believe there's nothing to fix and that's what perfect insinuates but that's not necessarily what perfect is so i'm learning the real definition of perfect job was considered perfect but god is perfect and jesus is perfect and no one is perfect but god and you know and jesus So how was Job perfect too? And God called him perfect. So that's, you know, my question right now, because God is not a confusing God. There's no way Job was truly perfect being human. 
knowing that we are imperfect, even though he lived in a different time where, you know, it's not as much sin, not as much things, but God has shown me that nothing is different from here and then, you know, we, we're still the same humans. So was Job without mistake? Absolutely. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible doesn't lie, but he's human. And no human has ever not made a mistake. And even the Bible says only God and Jesus is perfect. So God is not a confusing God, but there's still questions that I have. How is Job's perfect? If only Jesus and God is perfect. But that must mean that God has a deeper understanding on perfection. And when he called him perfect, I think he meant it. And there's no life found there. But you know, there was, there must be a deeper understanding on God's definition of a perfect Job or Job's perfect. So to just summarize it really quick before my time is up, maybe God meant Job is perfect in, in who or what position and place I am, you know, acknowledging. Job is perfect with his loyalty to me. Job is perfect in being faithful to me. But as far as perfection goes, wouldn't that have meant that Job would have never questioned God's character? But like I said, I'm getting a deeper understanding of perfection, but I know it'll come in time. And if we can be made perfect, but we weren't always perfect, then how can we be made perfect? Because perfect means always perfect, right? Just like Jesus and God, or does it? I need a deeper understanding. But I know I will get it, and that's what I ask God for. I just try and be very careful when I compare, you know, when I question God's character when it comes to that. Because God is perfect, just perfect, perfect. And I don't want to say perfect, perfect, like adding another perfect makes anything more perfect. God is just perfect. Jesus is just perfect. And it's the purest and truest definition of the word. But when Jesus says we can be made perfect, even after once being imperfect, knowing that he is perfect, but has never been imperfect. Is that the same perfect? How can it be? How can I be the same perfect as Jesus if I wasn't always perfect? How can I be the same perfect as, how can Job be the same perfect as Jesus when he doesn't know everything and he doesn't do everything right? Yet, God still called him perfect. Jesus still called him perfect. And he was perfect. But that might mean in certain areas, it it maybe it doesn't mean as a whole. That's the only way I can explain it right now. But like I said, I'm waiting on that understanding, that revelation. I I know God will bring me to because I ask Him for it, and I really want it. That's something I really want from Him. But it'll come in time because I've asked so many times, I still haven't had it. So, I know that you know. If I haven't had it yet and I've asked for so, in so, many, for so long, 
that it's just not time for me to have it or, you know, it's not meant for me to have. But regardless, it's something I really want. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in God later after the trial. Okay, so I talked about God saying that, you know, I was found blameless. So what does that mean? What does that mean you are found blameless? When you're not blameless, you're wrong, made mistakes just like everybody else, and you're not perfect. So what does being found blameless mean, somebody might ask. Well, the way that God explained it to me is that Satan had possessed my body. And he had used me. And he has been using that this entire time to try and distort my character to other people. And change who I am and get me to believe I did it. And I was wrong. And this is why I cursed. I was cursing God out at first. The reason, and I'm not saying I was right, I was absolutely wrong, but this is why. Because, like, I don't want anybody to think, you just cursed God out. Like, and this is why I thought it was me, because I felt like, yeah, I'm cursing God out because of this. And the thing is, anyways, this is what this is whatever would possess me to do that, even if I was possessed. Because I knew it wasn't me. This is why I have so much in common with Job. Or this is why I'm now comparing myself to Job a little more. Bringing more things to light at least. Not more, but more things are brought to light. Because Job in the story spoke about how, you know, even after his friends came in question whether he ever sinned. Like, Job, we know you to be his most loyal and faithful servant. We know you to be perfect. We know you to be innocent, but you must have been sinning behind everybody's backs or while nobody was watching. And God knows for this to happen to you. And Job maintained his innocence that he had done nothing and he didn't. And only God knew that because God sent Satan to take everything from Job except for his life. And at that point, they're they're not. 100% wrong in questioning Job's character, though they should have had more faith in their friend, which is why God, you know, approached them and told them that they were going to have to apologize and sacrifice. And because Job would pray for them that he would spare their lives for questioning Job's, you know, faith in God and his, his character and his innocence. Yet still, you know, Only Job knew that, excuse me, only Job and God knew, and Satan, of course, but in the angels in heaven, knew that Job was innocent. And that's how I feel. That's how I felt. Like, do you know what it's like to have, Job had three friends that questioned his character. Do you know what it's like to have, who knows how many it feels like the whole world questioning your character and it looks like you did it and they promise they have evidence that you did it and they know that it was you 
and there's no way it wasn't you there's no way you can explain it so if it looks like you it feels like it's you and to them only the only logic answer is it's you and you're lying but only you and god know it was not you it was not you that's how i feel because this is why i cursed god out I was cursing him out and not that I'm justifying. I don't want to keep saying this is why, but this is what I was saying. What I was saying was, God, how dare you? You know, you know, that was not me. You know that I know that was not me. And the only reason I know it was not me is because of you. If not for you. I wouldn't even know it wasn't me. It's because of your grace and because of the assignment you've given me and because of what you've placed inside of me that I can find who I am in my heart to know the difference between that not being me. It wasn't me. And God is saying, and I'm saying, so how, God, can you allow me to be punished for something that was not me? And God said... I know. I was there. I know Satan possessed your body. I know it wasn't you, but it still was you. Meaning, he's saying like, because of certain actions and seeing that you were repetitively doing, I allowed Satan to go further. But how else would you have known to stop doing what you were doing? That's That's what God will do. God will, you know, you'll do something small, like maybe you'll lie a little bit. Next thing you know, you're robbing and stealing and killing. But it wasn't you. It was Satan. And or maybe you'll just maybe sometimes feel a little depressed or down in your life. And the next thing you know, you kill yourself. But it wasn't you. Satan will possess your body to make you go further, take it further, far past what you would ever do. And even people around you will question, I don't know if that's her. I don't know if that's him. I just don't think they would ever do anything like that. Because you wouldn't. It wasn't you. It was Satan. And I knew that. But I had enough, like God said, he had shown me enough mercy that he had decided he wasn't going to kill me or excuse me allow me to die because of it because even though i had done certain things in my life that weren't as far as i had gone it still wasn't me and only by god's grace and anointing was i able to realize that because other people would be like you know they wouldn't be able to realize it wasn't them and they just keep going further and they never stop and they get worse and worse and worse until it kills them. But me, you know, God has shown me enough grace that he allowed that situation to stop me in my tracks. And then I realized, whoa, that was not me. This is going too far. This is not me. That's, you know. And it looks like I'm lying. <laughs> you know, sometimes it feels like I'm lying when you hear the other people's logic. Like with Job, you know, his friends came around. They were like, it has to be you because God is a good God, right? You agree with that? You know, 
and you agree that you have to have done something wrong to deserve this, right? Okay, so you did something wrong then. And Job is like, I know I didn't do anything wrong, but yet still, because like you said, God is a good God, and I must have done something wrong to deserve this. I just wish I was never born. What I did wrong was being born on this earth. That's what Job said. So that's what, how I feel sometimes. I'm like, no, I know I was wrong in certain areas. I can admit I've done things wrong. I am wrong. I'm not perfect. But I know that wasn't me. So I guess what I did wrong was ever being born. That's what I did wrong because there's n- I can't change, you know, what I, you know, I it wasn't me. How can I change that somebody used something, Satan used me? How can I change that? I can't control him. He does what he does. He even admitted it too. So I don't care what anybody says. God told me that's confirmation. If I start denying that right now, I guess I'm free. Because that's what I'm fighting. Satan said it. Yeah, I use you. (laughs) He straight up said it. Yeah, I did that. He was like, but I don't care. I still want you to go to hell. And this this is the hell I want you in. And this past, even what he said he did, it threw me. So, the thing about it is, you know, that's why I felt, start to feel like I have more in common with Job. Because I said, you know, I know, I know it wasn't me. And the more I know who I am, the more I stick with God and I have full confidence in the fact that this has happened to me because of my anointing, because of who I am to God, the more that I trust him and I trust that he knows me, you know, I realize more what he's doing. First of all, what he's doing was keeping me from doing something worse. Second of all, what he's doing is showing me that I he is the only one to be dependent on in my life. I have to trust him and abandon everybody and everything else in my life. This is why he allowed everybody and everything everything else in my life to abandon me. Because he wants me to depend on him and him only. That's what he's doing in this season of my life. Another thing, he did the same thing for Job. But another thing that he's doing is he's exposing something that's been in my life for so long. And I was unaware And if he had not exposed it when he did, it might have killed me. So in this time, or gotten me killed, but in this time of trusting him, he's revealed so much. One of those things being that this, I've noticed, well, I haven't, I didn't notice it, notice it, but I picked up on it. He was exposing these things to me for years. Four years. Like, I wouldn't have known if I would have just accepted it was me and told myself, you know, I know it wasn't me, but whatever. Who else was it, you know? And that would have only happened if I didn't know who God was. So, I look back, and as I thought harder, because I'm like, I have to maintain my innocence because... It's like this. Are you the kind of person that's going to allow somebody to blame something on you in order for you to, you know, just be done with it so you don't have to deal with them anymore? 
or are you going to fight and maintain your innocence? And it reminded me of those kids that took blame for that murder and went to jail for years instead of fighting that thing. Even if I'm going to go to jail anyways, I'm going to fight it. I don't care. That's me. I might have to suffer anyways. I may have to be killed anyways, but I'm going to die with integrity because I know who I was. If I allow you to tell me who I was, you won't stop here. You'll you make me somebody else. Then you make me go further. Then you turn me into whatever you feel like turning me into. Therefore, I have no more control of my life. I probably won't even be able to choose, guys, not like you did. So why would I let you do that to me? You could kill me here and I die maintaining my innocence. Or you could decide, hey, if I could tell you who you is now, I'll tell you who you is until I feel like not telling you who you are. And go further and drag me into being somebody completely worse than I'd ever imagined being. That's what God was protecting me from. He's a good God. He's a great God because he saw them there the entire time and he saw their black hearts. And he saw their intent behind the things that they were trying to do to me. And he saw that I didn't have a clue. And so he said, hey, because you are not where you should be with me, because you are not close enough to me for these type of things to not happen. Because if I had been close enough to God, maybe I would have heard his voice more clearly. One thing I actually was reminded of, as well as all the times he tried to expose them, was all the times he tried to expose them. And if I had was closer, close enough, I would have listened to him the first time. But I compared that to everything I ever did wrong. It's the same thing. It really is. And he he didn't actually confirm this, but he also confirmed this. It's just like any mistake you ever made in your life. You you make one and you deserve to die. You go steal a candy bar from the store and you deserve for that candy bar to kill you. Equivalent. You might say, no, nah, that's way overboard. That is, that is not the same thing. But it is. Because the only thing I did wrong... In this situation was not be close enough to God to that's not the only thing I did wrong but in a way when you really think about the details and what it goes back to and I have to explain it the only thing I did wrong in this situation was not be close enough to God to hear his voice clearly when he says stop it's not you and I thought about every single thing I ever did wrong in my life he was right there saying that Everything, every lie I told, everything I stole, every, you know, wrong turn, everything I've ever done wrong. He was right there like, hey, wrong way. So this is equivalent. Now, you can go further enough because I've heard different people's logic to say, okay, well, that's just like everybody else. It means it was you. But, you know, if that were the case, then I wouldn't be. You know, going through what I'm going through right now. You know, if it really were, if that really were the truth about it, and that's all that it was, then I guess these demons that are steady trying to drag me to hell will just go ahead and go about their business. Then they did what they came to do, right? No. And if that were the case, then I guess, you know, maybe 
I wouldn't even have this anointing. I wouldn't have visited God. He wouldn't have said what he said. He wouldn't have placed me on the assignment that he did. And I wouldn't be where I am today. Or where I'm going to be. But I'm sure other people's logic are different. Um, That doesn't mean anything. So what does it mean then? You wouldn't know because it's your anointing, your life, your calling, and your testimony. You wouldn't know though. But regardless, for the people who even care. Here's the thing. God revealed to me stuff that over that 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 you know I had looked past and I had I didn't even realize what was happening at the time that he was keeping me the entire time but he decided to take his hand off of it because and he let Satan possess me and go further because he wanted me to wake up and fight this and know who I am and make a decision to either become who it is he has intended me to be, which is the whole entire reason for this whole situation, or let Satan possess my body for the rest of whatever life I was going to have, which was going to be very short because he tried to kill me last year. Or the year before that. But... In 2020. But all I know is I was reminded of this time I look back. And it's like the further I got in this fight, the more information came out. And I would have never known if I would have just said, they right, it was me. That's what they wanted so bad. And you know what? I almost cry. But I cry thankful tears, happy tears that God is who he is. And he knows who you are. But all I know is a few years back, I was reminded of all this stuff that was placed in my head. And I didn't even know that wasn't my thoughts. I was told that children were being abused around me. And all that time, I'm like, it's me. It's me. It's something wrong with me. Or maybe that's God trying to tell me something. And so I will always try my best to try and catch it and catch them. You know, different things happen where I was told like this had tried like this tried to happen repeatedly over years like somebody tried to like they just try to do the most un uncharacteristic like non-characteristic like something that's completely out of my character through me they really try to jump the gun but once they realize like I might not be going for that like other people are or that they couldn't get that off on me because of God they would like try and inch into it more and more and more like they were dedicated to destroying me and God has shown me this different things over the years so there was a time I talked about in my podcast where they tried to in a vision, I stopped in the middle of my room, right in the doorway. And weird stuff always happened in the doorway of my room. And that made me feel like people were putting witchcraft on my doorway, which I knew right across the hall from me. My dad's wife's son 
played with Ouija boards and would possess himself with the devil and was putting witchcraft on me. My cousins and my brother had already told me, like, he's in there putting witchcraft on you. I was like, I don't care about that. I believe in God. So out of all this stuff, you know, different stuff would happen. Like one time in my head, I remember I heard something. I don't know what it was I heard, but I must have heard like, a plot to kill me and I was like wow they really do that and like I remember on the way to Thanksgiving I'll never forget something made me feel like don't go don't go because Thanksgiving was in their hometown which is in the country of Ohio there was like something told me like don't go you shouldn't go you should stay home I'm like how would I stay home out of everybody there's no way they ever let me stay home alone at this time I was like 14 15 not even 15 like maybe 13 and that's when um I thought about it and I was like I thought about asking because something was keeping me like don't go don't go remember y'all got into a fight and these are white people they're racist you're about to go to the country and they still holding against you the fight that y'all had a few years ago and I was like, you know what, it's it's probably not that serious because otherwise, why would they invite us? Like, they're racist. You know, don't go. So I didn't want to go, but I knew I couldn't ask my dad. And right before my dad came down the stairs for us all to leave, I saw in his face that, you know, something was up. Almost like he knew I wanted to ask him to stay. And his wife would not let him. So I was going to ask. And I and then he was like, come on. And I didn't want to get up. And then he kind of was like, nobody's staying. And that's when she was like, nobody's staying here by themselves. So, and I was like, how does she know I want to stay? But I just got up and got in the car. But I'm telling you, this stuff, I cannot make up. And they were just like, be careful what you eat there. And watch them. While I was there, I felt so uncomfortable. Like, they knew who I was, but they were, but I, I checked and I looked at their body language to see, you know, if they were acting different towards me. And, you know, almost the only, only thing they act different, different about was like they, they didn't want me to have certain foods at the table. And I thought something was really weird about that. Then they gave me a gift after acting so funny towards me. And I was just like, hmm. Why does something tell me not to trust you, even though you're acting like I'm so welcome? After that, I really didn't want to go to their Thanksgiving dinners, but we didn't go much after that anyways. But something had told me the entire time there, you know, this is his grandmother and they are upset about y'all fighting and they haven't forgotten that. And I was like, they're not acting different, but, you know, some people are just so sneaky and wicked. Everything in my body just screamed, that's just wrong. And even while I was there, he tried to be extra nice to me. In a way, his demeanor was saying, he was the only one whose demeanor said something. In a way, his demeanor was saying, I forgive you. I don't think it it calls for all of this. But, you know, I didn't make a big deal out of it because I knew my dad would always try and make it seem as if I was trying to make a big deal out of things because she kind of had him under a spell. So 
you know, scratch moving forward. You know, he put witchcraft on me. They would tell me that. And, you know, years later, my dad even said, she's a witch. No, for real, she's a witch. But, you know, that was years later. I had evidence before that. Demons would show up in my room and I would have to pray all night to get them out. And I heard something in the attic and it was always eerie how she specifically wanted me to have that room so much that she painted it before I had a chance to choose which room I wanted because she was so adamant about me having this room. And then this room was connected to a creepy attic and every single night it feels like God would tell me there's demons in that attic. She did something to that attic. That's why she wants you in this room. And this room was particularly dark with a thick darkness over it. Oftentimes, I could not even stay in the room by myself, which is why we got into the fight to begin with. Because I couldn't stay in the room because of the demons in the room. So, everything happens for a reason. I'm going to continue. One day... My brother and my sister, they were in the hallway, and it just sounded like, it was just eerie. It felt like they were just hanging around, not talking really. And then that's when I stopped, and it's like, I don't know what happened, but they must have done some sort of witchcraft spell or something because I went somewhere else in the spirit. What happened was, in the spirit, I saw my brother... I think at this time, yes, my brother and my sister approaching me in a sexual way. And they started trying to, like, have, like, an orgy with me in the spirit. Immediately, I'm like, what is going on? You're my brother and my sister. But the more I try to tell them, you're my brother, you're my sister, that's weird. No. They start trying to get closer, and they rejected my advances more and it was more like rape so I felt myself starting to try like even I was possessed for a second to start to feel like that was okay so immediately once I felt that I shook out of it like I start trying to pray it didn't work so I asked God what I should do and God is like blow them up God said, blow them up. So in my mind, I imagine, I'm like, how do I blow them up? He's like, um, how do you blow anything up? Imagine the explosion. I promised before this, I had never imagined an explosion in my life. I know that was God. I imagine a bomb blowing us all like 10 feet away from each other in three different directions. After we had all blown up, immediately the vision subsided. Immediately the vision, like we snapped out of it. And I was like, it worked. And that's when my brother and my sister came in the room. Right after I came out of that vision. And they were just like acting weird. Like, um, like they knew what just happened. But I was like, there's no way they knew what just happened. But something was still weird. And I was like, they know. But it was like, no, they don't know. But it felt like they knew. And they were just like, uh, so what are you doing? And I was just like, what makes them come right after that vision? And it feels like they know what just happened. And ask me randomly what I'm doing. 
when I'm not doing nothing and they can see that. But I'm telling you, people want to believe, no, you're just making excuses. Okay. Okay. That's how Satan gets you every day. That's how he gets you every day. He make you believe it's you. And you think, nah, he can never get me like that. Don't even know he already did. It's some things that you wouldn't have otherwise done if he wasn't involved. God told me that too. So, we don't even be knowing. But like I said, I would not blame my brother and my sister. Because, like I said, it tried to take me too. It tried to take my mind. Like, it forced itself on my mind. It forced itself on my mind and tried to make me believe that it was okay to have an orgy with my brother and my sister. My blood brother and my blood sister. And when I blew it up, it all subsided. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew that wasn't me. I had to fight so hard. I was fighting so hard with my life, praying and everything. Like, I know this is not me. This is not me. This is not me. I would never do anything like that. And it tried to force them on me. And the closer they got, I'm like, what do I do? And I had no choice but to blow them up. That happened one time. They didn't try that again for years. So, years later, a couple years ago, about five years ago, I was in the room, and I was in in the home with my brother. And this demon kept trying to get me to believe that these children were being abused. And I said, no, not my brother. He would never do anything like that. But it got so bad that I couldn't even be around the kids because it would just all day, you know, Every time I look at them, everything I see, like everything about them, like he's abusing them, he's abusing them. And I'm just like, that's not true. So I had to go. I had to leave. And I went. I, I wound up staying in a separate part of the house for a month. I prayed every day so hard. One day, God came to me. Or I felt like it was God, but it might have still been the same witch because she was there too. It was, they were like, um, he's abusing those children. Every day I woke up, they were at it, and I pray, and I pray so hard. Every day they say, he's abusing those children. So I would try and catch him because it got so heavy on my heart. It's not that I question his character. It's just that some, it was so heavy on my heart that praying wouldn't get rid of it. So I did my best to try and catch it for myself so that I could settle it, so that I don't have to you know, be tortured with the thought of it anymore. So every time they say that, I will always try and sneak up on him to see if I caught him doing anything weird to the children. I never caught him doing anything weird to the children. So I kept praying about it. I kept praying about it. But then God told me, don't go out of your way to try and catch them. And I asked God why. But God was just like, you know, because that's what they want you to do. They want you to believe them so much that you become dedicated to anything that they say. And I knew that that meant deeper things than what it was starting off to be. 
Right now, they're trying to make it seem like you're just trying to catch him and do something good. But later on, they're going to make you dedicated to, you know, other things that they just tell you. So they can just start getting you to believe anything they say. Don't believe them. Pray. So I didn't dedicate myself to it. But looking back, I know now that if I had dedicated myself at that point and I had really said to myself, I'm going to catch him. And I would have set stuff up to catch him and did all this and, you know, been hiding behind walls and starting to become sneaky. And then they would have they would have really believed that they would have had control of my body like a remote control. And they would have taken it further right then and right there. God was fighting for me, even though every time I prayed, the, the thoughts wouldn't go away. And I would question, like, God, why aren't they going away? What's going on? What are you trying to tell me? The whole time he was telling me everything I needed to know. So God is amazing. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. But all I know is another day, as I sat in the living room, I heard the thoughts like, He's abusing the children. He's abusing the children. I looked over at my brother to see if he was hearing this stuff too. I looked at his face to see if I could see anything in his face that looked like guilt or shame. For a second, he looked a little guilty. Different times. I would walk in. Different stuff would happen. And this is one time. This is why the the Bible says test the spirits. I'm so I'm so blessed because... I didn't know the Bible I was supposed to, but God has already instilled this in me. Train up a child in the way that they should go when they're older, they shall not depart from it. So a lot of times I thought I didn't know the Bible. I read the Bible and find I've been living my life like that anyways. It's just who I am. And that's that's the realness about it. To be quite honest, I don't want to make So I don't want to make this a black and white issue. But they were white. And we were black. And I, I I don't want to make it a black and white issue. But I do feel like the fact that they were white had a big part, played a big part in their disrespect for our lives. Disrespect for the children's lives around us. Disrespect for our well-being as a whole. I don't believe they would have done that to white people. Straight up. They wouldn't have done that to white people. They wouldn't have felt they could have gotten away with it. And matter of fact, actually, I'm going to end up taking that back in a way. But I still mean it. They were prejudiced. So one day, you know, it was different things that was happening. I, I kept hearing like he's abusing the children, he's abusing the children. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to believe it. But when it got too bad and I couldn't ignore little things, like it's almost like I'm noticing little things. Like it looks like my nephew's walking funny, or it looks like something is going on. You know, and it looks scary and it looks sad, and I'm starting to notice little things. And the saddest part is like I've been abused as a child, so. I'm feeling like I'm noticing the same, you know, different, you know, characteristics about, you know, like in myself, like how I notice in myself and the children from being abused. And I fought it as much as I could. I prayed on it every time. But one day I just tested. This is why God said test the spirits. 
he instilled that in me. One day I tested it. I was walking in the house. I had no other way of knowing this because I was not there. I don't have cameras. I can't see in a room I'm not at, and I can't be in two places at one time. But when I'm walking in there, all I know is I hear the baby crying. As I hear the baby crying, I hear them saying, he's abusing that child. He's abusing that child. So I come in the in the house, and I'm automatically just like, I, I just want to leave again immediately as soon as I come in the house. Because, you know, I don't want to hear that. You know, I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying that that's not true, but that's all I hear. And what am I supposed to do about that if I can't catch that for myself? I walk in there, and it's it's triggering, too, because it triggers back memories from when I was abused. And I feel like I'm powerless again. I think about, you know, that child having to grow up how I grew up, and that child being automatically ruined despite if I catch it now or not. If it really happened, they're ruined for life now, Whether no matter what I do. And so... That's when I walk in the in the house, and there's no other way for me to be able to tell the difference of any like. N- there's no way for me to be having otherwise known this. But something says. He was crying. He's abusing that girl, and he was crying. They even tried to go into detail how he was abusing her, but you know it did seem like really he looked a little guilty, and it looked like he had scrambled to make everything look normal when I came in. But when I came in, you know, I saw him and I looked at his face and I said, were you crying? Because I couldn't couldn't bring myself to ask him, are you abusing your daughter? So I asked another question to confirm if, you know, this stuff that they're telling me could possibly be true. So I said, are you crying? Were you crying? And he's just like, at first he's like, no. And so I walked off happily like, okay. So now I know they're lying because he wasn't crying. And they So, yeah. As I was saying, and it's amazing how I keep getting interruptions now. And it's all this weird stuff going on. I feel like. You know, what I'm what I'm saying and what I'm getting to the point of, what I'm really, you know, breaking down is hitting so far home that, you know, they starting to back out. And they really starting to do weird stuff to try and cover up what they did. But it doesn't matter because it's too late now. God knows. Well, God been new. But, yeah, you know, they afraid of, you know, what's about to happen. Like I said, they tried to kill me last year. And I think this might have a lot to do with why. Because I'm the, you know... Because I know and because I have a spirit of God in me. This is sad. But anyways, as I was saying, so I asked, you know, were you crying? First he said no. Then I said, okay. And at that point I was so happy because I'm like, now I can do away with all these thoughts that they put in my head and now I can finally get some peace around here. I can just tell myself that's not happening, that's not true because the only reason I'm not getting peace is because I genuinely care if that's true. I'm going to do something about it. 
if that's true. But I need to know if it's true because that type of stuff can ruin somebody's life. And you need to be sure it's true before you ever say something like that about anybody. So I asked him, and then and then right when I was about to walk away, he was like, actually, yes, I was crying. And I halted. I was like, God, because God did that. That was God, and that was his spirit in his body possessed by a demon crying out and saying, help us. Help us both. Help my child. Help me. I don't want to be doing this. This is not me. I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's going on. And I did. I knew what was going on. I felt it. And it took praying, having a relationship with God to be able to fight these demons. So I knew it wasn't his fault. I knew it wasn't his fault. And the sad part is I believe we have all been abused. Can't speak for him, though. All I know is once that happened, I halted and I froze. Like, oh, it is true. It is true. It is true. But I still stopped to talk to him. And I was like, I turned around and I said, why were you crying? And I knew why. I knew he was crying because he was abusing his daughter. But what happened was he was like, oh, you know, she's crying all day because her mother has, you know, abandoned her. And I just feel her pain. And it's amazing how that whole time, you know, difference, everything was being told to me. Everything was being told to me through these demons. The mother knew he was abusing the child and couldn't handle it. So she abandoned the children with him because she didn't know what to do anymore. But she barely cared anyways. But she would sleep all day because she was depressed about what she should do because she knew it. She knew, but she, just like me, couldn't prove it. But like I said, she didn't care that much. She couldn't care that much. She abandoned them kids. But... More than that, I just knew she didn't care that much because. Okay. So, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, they keep trying to interrupt this because they know that I'm getting down to, you know, the the point of it. But it's sad how many people will really try and instead kill me to try to protect this type of witchcraft and child abuse that's going on. It's fucking sick and it's fucking sad. I swear, like, this is disgusting, but. It goes to show, you know, how many people are so wicked in this world to compare to how many good people there actually is. And it's sad, but, you know, it don't matter because my story is going to be told. This is my testimony as well because I'll get to it. But anyways, all I know, and honestly, at this point, this makes me really, like, not want to ever have kids because... You see how many women are willing to protect child abusers and that are okay with child abuse because they've been abused and is sick. But regardless, 
so the the voices were also telling me that the mother was in such a depression but didn't care that much that the children were being abused you know that she abandoned them she didn't know what to do she would sleep all day and that's what I would try and do I would try and sleep all day in order to stop hearing these voices about them being abused and these this this thing just telling me this so when he had said he was crying because the mother abandoned him I actually knew that why she abandoned him she abandoned him because you're abusing him she doesn't know what to do but I couldn't say that because I knew that that was a big accusation to make but I don't care now because big accusation to make or not what the who the f protects a child abuser I don't care who it is I don't know how you're dealing with your abuse but I know I deal with my abuse by being the difference what the f is wrong with you that you would actually want more people to be abused like yourself but that just shows how deep this, you know, demonic possession really truly goes. But let me tell you. Let me finish telling the story. So all I know is you know, I was like, "Oh, okay." When he said he was crying because the mother abandoned them both. Even though it looked like he had just pulled his pants up and that his child was crying because she knew what he was doing didn't feel right and was wrong. And that's why she was crying for her mother. But, you know, whatever. Because one thing I will not do is continue what happened to me. I don't care. I don't care. I am not that heartless and cold that I could see that happening and say to myself, I'll just ignore it. Whatever happened to me, they'll be all right. Because if that's the case, they won't be all right. If that's my mindset, they will not be all right. So after that, you know, like I said, one day I was in the living room. And it, like I always got this feeling that, you know, my nephew was being abused and now he was abusing my younger niece like she was only two maybe three my nephew was four he's a boy and she's a girl and I just couldn't take it and everything in his face that day when he was crying screamed out you know help me I need help and I needed for him to tell me that's what he was doing but who's going to say that? I didn't know what to do. I'm not going to be able to catch him. He's not going to get caught. And I can't just blame him. I can't just say he is. What if he's not? That will never be forgiven. I'm Like, what can I do after that? And it's my brother. I don't want to just blame him for something he's not doing anyways. But if he is doing it, I don't care if he's my brother, he's going to jail. So I'm conflicted. But one day, I heard a voice say, he's abusing those children. 
And I was like, no, he's not. And I fought it so hard. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. And I prayed. All I know is it felt like I looked him in his face and his face looked like, it's true. No, it's true. It's cool. It's true. It's cool. I'm like, how is that cool? Even if it is true. How can you sit up here and say it's cool? Especially in there for them to talk about you like this. How can you say that it's cool? Because I knew it wasn't him talking about himself. So it must have been other people in the house, which was my father, my dad, and his wife. And I don't know if it's coincidence or not. I'm, you know, I don't want to ruin. Matter of fact, I'm just finish saying what I was going to say. But all I know is... I was like, no, it's not okay. And then that's when they start trying to make me look at the kids like, you know, you know, in a weird way. Like I want to abuse them or something too. And I was like, ew, no, I would never do nothing like that. That is not okay. And I'm fighting it with prayer. And then that's when it sounded like he said, no, it's okay. You can abuse them. I abuse them. It's okay. You can abuse them too. That's okay with me. And I was like, what? Like, no, that's crazy. I wouldn't know. Not even if not even if the parents said it's okay to abuse the children, would I ever participate in nothing like that? And please don't let that be true about you because uh uh-uh, uh something gonna have to happen to you for real. Them is my nieces and my nephews, and if you don't care enough that they're not abused and ruined mentally and physically for the rest of their lives i care somebody gotta step in i don't care what nobody say i might not have no power no money or really no jurisdiction over them but i'm gonna do what i can i'm going to do what i can like you you will see you will see how far i'm willing to go to protect them if i ever find out that's true but like i said at this moment nobody say anything out loud i can't prove this stuff so then I start getting these thoughts in my head, like abuse them. It's okay to abuse them and start trying to make me look at these kids weird. And I start praying and I fought it. I pulled out my Bible. I started reading it. That's when I heard, after I fought it off, I heard them in the other room after I had completely shot it down. 100% completely like, no, never. After that, I heard them in the next room like, oh, whatever, whatever. They really tried to convince me to abuse my niece and my nephew. They tried to convince me. So I said to myself, I never really picked up on that at the time. But looking back on it. I realized, like, they had lives. Everything they were saying, everything that they was doing, all that stuff that they was talking about, they was really doing that. They was putting the thoughts in my mind when they said, oh, whatever, and smacked their lips. They was upset that they couldn't get me to abuse this child. Man. Man, I'm telling you, like, you cannot make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. So after that, a short while after, I couldn't stand being around him. 
even the kids because I said I can't prove it. And I felt like my nephew was playing tricks on my mind. Like, he had become so accustomed to this abuse. So how, why wouldn't he? He's around him all the time. He's teaching him how to lie and how not to tell him and how to go along with it. And like, it's a game or whatever. And he had become so accustomed to this abuse that when I was, you know, try and be, you know, attentive to him and try and, you know, ask some different questions, he made me look like I'm crazy or something wrong with me. And I thought that was demonic. But one day, I took it upon myself and I said, you know, I'm going to check him. I'm going to check his diaper. I don't know if anybody should go this far. But I needed proof. And if you care, you care. And I know I trust myself to do it. So, you know, I had to check him. I checked his diaper and I noticed they were kind of like standing around at the door peeking through to watch and see what I was doing. But I didn't care because I knew what I was doing. I felt them standing around watching me while I checked him. So I went to check, you know, his butt behind, you know. And he didn't let me. He immediately, like, hid his butt, hid his behind and, and everything. And I was, I'm not going further because it's going to look like I'm forcing him and it looks weird. And now he's going to make me look like I'm doing something to him. But instead of, you know, because he hid his behind from me, I said to him, you know, listen, if anybody ever touched you inappropriately in your private areas, I want you to know that you can trust me. You can tell me. You can tell your auntie I love you. I want you to tell me if anybody hurt you. Has anybody ever hurt you? And... He was like, no. And I was like, okay. But I didn't believe him. I mean, I believed him. Yes, I did, because he's four. And he told me no. And, you know, he looked like he had good defenses when he hid his behind from me. So, you know, I try. I just... I tried my best to believe him despite what it felt like God was showing me. After that, you know, I stayed away from him for a while because I felt crazy. And as I prayed for a month, I prayed for a month. All I know is one day somebody asked me, they said, do you believe he's abusing these children? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I really hope that he wouldn't abuse these children. I don't think that's his character. I don't know if that's his character. They said, if he was, what would you do about it? Would you pretend like you didn't know? Or would you call the police on him? And they was asking for real. Because I was asking for real. Tell me if that's true. Like, really, show me. Let me catch him. Do something. And I was like, man, that's hard. That is very hard because I love my brother. And when you think about it, I knew him for my whole life, but I only knew his children for at least five years. But I don't care. That's not a good logic. These are children regardless. I don't care if I knew all the five minutes. And I was like, that's really hard and that's tough and it'll break my heart, but I would have to call the police on him. And I meant it. And I was like, so are you going to tell me what he's doing? 
because I'm calling the police. We need to protect these kids. And it's, it's crazy. We had a whole conversation because I was like, you know, or it felt like it was a whole conversation. Because I remember thinking, and I'm just like, you know, how true is this? How real is this? And like, you know, if this is the case, why aren't y'all doing nothing about it? Why do we feel like y'all okay with this wrong y'all? And like just so much, so much stuff. But we had our conversation and, you know, I was talking about how, how hurt it would be and how hard of a decision that would be, but how if they already abused, ain't they already ruined for life? Even if I saved them right now, they're ruined for life. They're going to get older and they're going to be like me. Where I'm still working, unpacking things. I have to unpack that happened when I was five. You never forget being abused. I don't care what age you are. You always remember that. And, you know, they're, they're, they're ruined for life now. So even if they are saved right now. You know, they're ruined, and they're they going to have to live with us. I would take care of them, too. I would give my life up to take care of them. But I just know that that is going to be hard and tough later once they realize what happened to them, once they truly understand it. But I say, yep, I don't care. Even still, I'll call the police because it don't matter. It don't matter if that's my brother. It don't matter how long I knew him. He is abusing a child. He deserves to go to jail. So they didn't tell me for sure. Let me catch him. They tried to help me catch him. Like different times they would say, he's abusing him. Go in there. And then I would try to sneak out the room, but I would never catch him. And I would catch him in weird places like in a, in a hallway with doors closed where nobody's at for long periods of time by themselves. And, like, you would hear my nephew, but I go out there, I'm like, there's no toys out here. There's nothing out here which we're out here doing, but that's his son. You can't tell him nothing. Then they would be in the bathroom for long periods of time, and he's acting like he's giving him a haircut, but I don't fucking take that long. But then I'm, I'm just always explaining stuff off because I'm like, He's four. Like, it might take longer to cut his hair because he wants his steel. But it always felt weird. It always, always, always felt weird. Like, I was in there doing something else. And then other times I would see his son digging in his diaper in his behind. He would always get real mad if he did that. And then one time, you know, his son, he he got mad because he took the phone from him. And then that's when he started, like, digging his behind and acting out. And I realized in his son immediately, you know what you're doing. You're doing that because he took the phone from you. You're exposing him for touching on you. You know he's wrong for what he's doing, but you won't tell me. Because he didn't trust me more. Why would he? I ain't spent as much time with him. Why would he trust adults, period, after that? I'm sure his mother knew. But I noticed that immediately. And when I saw that, I was like looking at him like, you being abused. And my cousin was there too. And my cousin looked at me too. And he nodded like, 
Yeah, I saw that too. And that's when he whooped him. So, I couldn't prove it. I couldn't prove it, but different things I would see. It made me want to stay away from the home, from the house and the home. But like I said, you know, this is deeper than what it looked like. These are demons. I'm not making excuses. I'm not trying to make myself seem innocent in no way because, no, I never abused this child or these children. But it's demons. It's demons for sure. But all I know is, you know, moving forward at the time past, they would get worse, you know. I would hear them and then I start noticing that they were watching me everywhere I go, like, one time, I was out with this guy. I would go out with this guy. We had never, you know, actually had intercourse. This day we had intercourse, I heard a voice in my head. And the voice said, don't, please don't pray to me when you're doing it. Like there was God. And then I heard the voice say, you know, while I was having sex with this guy, the voice was like, this feel just like my sister's vagina. And I heard laughter. The voice said, it feel just like my sister's vagina. And I was like, are they talking about him? Because the voice also would tell me while I was out with this guy, like he had sex with his sister. He's gay and he messed with trannies. Like I said, I didn't know how true this stuff was, man. One day I was praying and I saw LeBron. And LeBron walked up to me and he gave me a thumbs up. But when I looked back, he flinched. And I don't know why he flinched just from me looking at him, but it was while I was praying. So looking back on it, the only thing that I can, you know, the only thing that I can actually call is that, you know, I don't know if that was really LeBron. Like, they were pretending to be LeBron. It's like they probably was pretending to be Jesus. But that the reason why he flinched is because he must have known a prophecy that I was going to, you know, pray my way out of this. Because whatever they had put me in spiritually, I don't know how it was possible. I do know because, you know also end up traveling to different family members' houses. And, you know, they would tell me, the voices told me as I prayed, they in your suitcase stealing underwear. I'm like, what is they stealing underwear for? 
and they like, you will see, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. So I prayed, like, it was like, just keep praying. So I kept praying, and now I found out that they was taking my pads, my period blood, my underwear, in order to put voodoo on it. The guy that my sister was staying with at the time even said, he even tried to tell on her when she had thrown him out. He was like, you know, he went to a spot in the backyard and he said, you know, she getting money from you for, for you from your mama. And she looked at guilty like she's afraid he might say stuff. And she tried to scream, yell and scream over him. But he went and he peed in the back. And I think that that was the spot where she buried my underwear. And they told me, like, she took pictures of your underwear and she sent them to your sister. And they told me, like, you know, she, like, I, I, they didn't tell me this, but I realized, like, when I wasn't able to wash my underwear, and it was right after my period, right before I came and visited, that was not an accident. They wanted to be sure that they had got some underwear that had period blood in them so that they could put spells on me. And then... That's when, you know, I went to visit my brother and it was random too because I haven't visited him in years and like something just compelled me to want to like mend our relationship and I went to go visit him and I caught him in a bathroom. I had my personal, I had a, the room I was in, it had a separate bathroom. I caught him in the bathroom after I had my period and he had, um, He was going through the trash, and I caught him right when he was in there. I think they wanted me to catch him. I caught him right when he was in there, and he was like, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, nothing, just cleaning up, and it looked like he was hiding something. And then when I was in another room, I came in the room right before I was about to take my shower, and I realized that they was going through my backpack looking for panties, but it was only brand new panties in my backpack. And then when I was at, this is the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. The whole time I was there, we went out to this day day club. While we was at this day club, I swore I put on a pad right before I left. I remember I I double checked, and I made sure I remember to put on a pad before I left to this club. I went to the club. We wasn't there but thirty minutes. You know, as I danced, his friend got on the floor and looked like she was reaching for something. But my dress was all the way down to the floor, and I didn't recognize. I didn't realize what she was doing. But I don't know how she was able to snatch my pad off my panties. She snatched my pad out of my panties as I was wearing them. And she couldn't have done it no other way because we was at the club dancing, and my dress was all the way down to the floor. All I know is, I don't know if she got much anything out of that because I just put that pad on. But when I went to the bathroom, my flow was all over my underwear. And I'm like, I swear, I just put a pad on. It was no tissue. This kind of stuff you might say is a coincidence. But I swear it wasn't. Because now, look what's happening now. No coincidence found. God does everything for a reason. 
And they was always talking about something and doing weird stuff. Every time I was not in the room, even when I was. But it's weird how I had, it's like sometimes controlling my mind. That like I'm zoning out when I should be paying attention. But I'm not paying attention because something is telling me like, oh, that conversation is not important. Or they going to think you're being nosy. Or they not talking to you. Or, you know, as soon as I'm paying attention, they talking about something else. How do they know when I'm paying attention? And this will happen everywhere I go. Weird stuff like this happen everywhere I go. And then I had this feeling, this weird feeling. When I was, you know, there, I wanted to leave because it was acting so funky and so weird towards me. So I wanted to leave early and I tried to get my sister to book me a flight because she, at this time, she had flight benefits. Or I have flight benefits for her working at the air, working for airline. And when I tried to get her to book me a flight, she was like, oh, can't get you one and it sounded like they were laughing at me and it seemed convenient how she didn't want to book me a flight because I was having a hard time and like she sent me there to have a hard time on purpose and I didn't do anything wrong but all I know is you know that was more evidence I'm like why did I even come here but it started to feel like I know why I came here I was sent here so that he can get a pad, so that he can be in and included in whatever it is they try to do with this witchcraft. I was the only one left out, and I know why. Because I must be the only one that pray for real. They knew I wouldn't be with that. Every single time they used to always do witchcraft and Ouija boards, I used to never go in that room. I used to say, no, I don't play with that. So they must have known. I don't know. But then I started to realize, like, the whole family had witchcraft on me. And I was the only one. Like, I'm the one. I didn't know. All these times, they would randomly pop up in and out of my life. And it's like they just act so weird. Like, they're here checking up on me to watch me and, you know, be sneaky around me. And I would always get words from people like, oh, such and such just here to, like, still you know still like you know figure out what you're trying to do so she can go and do it herself or you know try and see something about your whatever how you do things so that she can you know be you she want to be you something like that she's trying to steal your you know i don't know what the word i'm looking for but she's just trying to steal your life kind of in a way and i always notice weird stuff with this person too but it was, I never thought it was anything weird like that. But one time she did the most weirdest thing that really was made me look like, you know, what does that mean? But all I know is she, she had, you know, She had, we got into an argument. I I had said something about her stealing from me. She always stole from me, but it was like, you know, I finally said something like, you know, 
I don't want you stealing my makeup and stuff. Like, she was stealing makeup and lip gloss and stuff. So, that's when, after we got done arguing, after I said everything, I had to say, she said everything she had to say. She did some weird things like, oh, nothing. Okay, you're right. Oh, it's okay. What are, what do you mean? What are you saying? Are you okay? And I swear, looking back, now I know what she is doing. She was saying, you know, you said all that about me. But what you don't know is this how we act around you. Meanwhile, we got witchcraft on you. And we doing all this stuff in your life. And we watching you. And every time you ask somebody about it, it's going to be like, oh, nothing. Are you okay? I did not realize what she was doing at the time, but I knew that was so creepy what she did and sneaky. And she was saying something that she wasn't saying. And I realized, like, you know, in reality, somebody else in on this with her. They must have told her to say that or instructed her to do that. So she in it too. You know, so much stuff happened and it's still happening. But you know, it don't matter because, you know, even though looking back on it, that hurts me, you know, that people around me claim to love me and really do me like this. But everything happens for a reason, truly. Because now I look around. I don't know what's going to come in this situation. I really don't know, you know, how deep it is for them or for me. I know how deep I am in, I am in with God. But I do know that God showed me a vision. And his visions ain't failed yet. And I also know that every he showed me that everything that they doing has been backfiring on them since jump. Last year, I freed my sister. But it's a whole bunch of other people in there need to be free. And when I freed her, this Satan-like character said everything he had done to her. Everything he had done to me. Everything he had done to my mother. Everything he had, was doing to my family. That's what this Satan-like character said. And God struck this Satan character down with the Holy Spirit and came down inside of me. And that's what I've been fighting ever since. But after hearing everything that happened to my sister, despite everything she had tried to do to me, she tried to steal my body. She tried to kill me. She got me raped. I don't know, ain't no telling how many times. She tried to drive me crazy. You know, she talked about me. She th- she lied on me she you know drug my name through the mud and was adding constantly adding people more and more people every day trying to destroy my life forever i even heard them say last year there was stuff that y'all doing she's not even gonna be able to get a job no more she's not even gonna ever be able to work again because of what you're doing you really want to destroy her that bad and they laughed about it 
still laughing. But after what Satan said he was doing to her, not that I'm proud of it because, like I said, I gave my life, would have given my life because I don't know if I technically really died. I know I felt like it, you know, for her to be saved. And the fact of the matter is, the reason why I'm saying this is to prove for anybody who ever feel, you know, enticed or tempted to go do something like this. Oh, that can be done. Let me go do it. Oh, this is possible. Maybe I should try it. Don't be a, don't be stupid. Because what God has shown me, they suffered a whole time, way worse. Everything Satan was doing to her, everything he had put on her, everything she was going through. Everything she did to me backfired. And I had gone through so much, you know, what she was going through. You know, God had, God meant it when he said it. People who try to hurt you hurt themselves way more. The traps that they set backfire. She tried to steal my body and a demon tried to steal hers. And Satan was going to kill her. He was going to kill her. She wasn't going to get my body. She was going to die. And he knew he was going to do that. But all these people in on this. Now everywhere I go, everybody know me. So I know it ain't just subject to my family no more. It's way too many people anyways. They got all these people in on it. And I don't know, you know, how this ends. Why I do. But, you know... At this point, I guess I just got to live through it till I get to that point. But, like I said, they are suffering because every single time I praise God, I hear, I hear them like screaming, like they burning in hell. I start praising and worshiping God. And I heard it sound like my brother screaming out the mirror saying, Ah, let me out, please. That's what I heard through the mirror as I can't make this stuff up. I worship God and I heard my sister scream out like, Ah, like a hell scream, like she burning in hell. Every day that I focus on God, I hear them crying. They're crying. And I fight so hard to get them out. I'm fighting so hard to get them out. Every day they fight me because they still think they can win like that. They still don't know God's power even after what he's done. Everything he's doing. And if they know his power, they scared. They scared to answer what they've done, but I'm telling. But God is showing me every day that what they're going through is way worse than anything, not anything He could ever do, but way worse than answering to what they did. Now progress has been made where I've had visions where, you know, I've had my brother tell me, you know, ever since everybody accepted you, I mean, accepted accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and then I see my sister say, "You broke chains off of me." And 
I knew all this already. God was telling me this already. But it's like, how, you know, do I keep fighting like this when they're fighting me? Like, it's already hard enough that there's so many people that need to, you know, that has participated in this and need saving. But then you fighting me at the same time. Like, you want to stay in hell? You want to you wanna see how this end up for you? Even though you already see God is real and what's going to happen to you. But I feel like I'm the only one that care. I call demons off of people. And I hear them putting demons back on them, on people. Or lying to the demons and fighting me so that the demons get to stay. But everything happens for a reason. I know that for a fact. Because now I'm in Houston. God says, revise the people. All these people don't seem like they knew what's been going on. But they know who I am now. And they know I'm a demon hunter. Which is why they stay on me all day and all night. So that they can keep me from getting this demon off of me that's preventing me from harnessing my full power. So that I can call demons off other people. With ease. I can't imagine somebody so wicked that they want everybody else to suffer. I just pray that God keep me so I don't ever be like that. But it seemed like in the midst of everything, the vision that I had about this guy in his car, and these paparazzi and me with my ring and my, you know, peace finally. And, you know, somebody who really has my back finally. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's real with, you know, this guy, this rapper, this famous person. But... I don't know, because it seems like it's a lot to do with that, too. But from what I'm understanding, if the lies, if I'm not, it's so many lies being told, I don't know what's true. He in a similar situation. A lot of people around him don't want to see him make it into heaven, but God do. And I'm, you know, in the process of him sending me here, He God know what he's doing, and I might be helping him. He's helping me. I guess, fight demons off of each other so we both go. And we both be okay and we both be free forever in Christ. I don't know because everybody don't want to see that happen. Don't mean, it ain't, don't mean it's not going to happen. I just, like, even throughout the process of telling this story, so many times I feel like just I'm being abandoned, like I don't have anybody, but I always have God. And for so for just a long period of time, I've been fighting this like this. And if I ain't had nobody, I haven't had nobody but God for a long time. So if that's the case, you know, I'll be okay as long as I got God. I know that for a fact now, especially at the last year. People were helping to fight demons off of me. 
But ultimately, I had to depend on God. God did most of the work. If not all, no, God did all of the work. He did everything. He did his part and he did mine. I love him so much, but you know, every day I'm fighting this thing, I'm just like, can I make it? Will this take me? <clears throat> and it feel like the prophecy being fulfilled. And not to mention, this person was expecting me. This person has shown me time and time again, you know, that, you know, God showed me them, showed them, showed them me, showed them me. I said, how do you know it was me? And they showed me a vision just recently of my face and my demeanor. And my demeanor is not how my demeanor is all the time. Like, sometimes I'm not this person, but I am this person in the spirit and in God. When I'm focusing on God, when I'm trusting God, this is how I look. This is how I am. This is my face. And the way they saw my face, I was just serious. I was serious, meaning this stuff is real that's going on in the spirit. Demons are real. God is real. He is almighty power. And I know who I am in him. That's what my face looked like. And that's the face that they saw. And that's how they know it's me. So every single day I fight, I hear them trying to pretend to be me. They want to take the credit, so if at you know at least I don't have it, but they really want it to be them. And I remember when it first started, I was trying to live my life and I was trying to be who I am, creative. I was about to start sewing, you know, my sewing machine, doing my best to build something here. And I heard somebody say, don't do it. You teaching them how to be you. Then one day, all I know is they were like, it's you, it's you, it's you. You're the queen, you're the queen. And I was like, queen? I'm not nobody's queen. I'm not a queen. I mean, I'm God's queen, yeah. But they like, no, it's you. You're the queen. And one time they actually tried to give me the crown, but I was like, no, I'm not taking that because they only wanted to give me the crown based off of a false logic. Like my logic was that we are gods and that, you know, we, you know, have the power to do whatever we want to do or something like that. I forgot my logic was, but all I know is that's a false logic. We are not gods like we are made perfect in god's image god is god he's the one true god if we're not worshiping him we're headed for destruction we're headed for hell and i didn't accept the crown because i knew that it would be denouncing god immediately once i wouldn't denounce god they took it back that's why i've never accepted their title as queen that's why i say i don't know how this is gonna happen
but another thing is one day there was like it's you it's you and I'm like I don't think it's me I don't know if it's me don't be so sure it's me and I wouldn't accept it and then that's when my mother sitting across from me was like you know there was like she was like it's me it's me and they were like okay so it's her and they gave her the crown but then I said something I must have done something where I don't know what I did but whatever it was they was like okay so it's you then oh I said I would have never do something oh I would never sacrifice none of my family members I would never you know step on nobody to get ahead something like that and they was like so then it's you and then once they had whatever they did like it was like guards around me like security guards around me and like they sent to protect me but they got to make sure it's me so when they took it off my mother my mother was like it's not you I'll get up and I'll kill you right now and then I was like I didn't say nothing they're like don't say nothing I didn't say nothing because I didn't even know if that was true I don't know if they, I don't know if they lying I don't feel like my mother would ever really say that and mean that but then it was like, you know, she was like, I'm for real. And then she tried to get up. And as soon as she tried to get up, the guards jumped on her like, sit back down. For trying to jump on me. For trying to jump on me in the spirit. Because her body never got up. But I saw it. And I even heard it. I heard the scuffling in the feet across the floor. But I didn't see nothing, like, I even saw the guards on her, though. But they weren't there, like, in the physical. I cannot make this up. And ever since, like, stuff has been elevating, stuff has been happening. I cannot deny that God is here. I've seen God. I see what he's doing in my life and in my body and in my presence and in my, like, just spirit, period. Like, you can't deny that this is God. He's doing things. He's healing things in me. Nobody could ever touch. I don't care what power Satan got. He can't do this. And I hear crowds. I hear thousands of people. I hear more than probably millions of people cheering and watching and Like, I don't know. I don't know. The reason why I don't know is because I don't know if they cheering for me or against me sometimes. Sometimes I feel like it's something I can do wrong. And if it's anything I can do wrong, is it even for me? If it really was me, which is why I said it's not me, it's because if it's me, it's nothing I can do to mess it up. It's just me. With God, it's nothing I can do to make him stop loving me. So I can't accept this position. <clears throat> I say I can't, but like I wouldn't accept this position unless God approved of it. Because it feels like God is saying, don't ever agree to that. Don't agree to that. That's no. That's not it. They're not with me. 
So maybe this is why he said to revise the people. Because if I ever come in and accept a position anywhere, they better be worshiping God. But maybe in order for me to be in this position, they will worship God. And that's how they get revised. Because there's no other way I can see how me, just one person who I didn't, I, I won't say too much about it, but could ever impact the entire Houston, like God said. Except how it's happening now. But if they do turn their allegiance to God, would it still exist? Because... It makes me wonder, is this Satan's power that they're using to do this? Is God still going to allow this? Or does this end? All of this comes to a screeching halt. Once they accept him as their Lord and Savior and they stop going the way that they're going. I don't think this is the way God intended it. There's so many different things going on against people's will in this way. There is, you know, they're changing people's mind against their will, telling them who they are. They are brutalizing people against their will. I've seen what they can do. They can kill somebody against their will using this. They can do anything they want to do against people's will. That's satanic, and I don't think that God approves of that. Which is why I never accept this. I never accept this. Because at this point, I'm stuck in it. I've been fighting it ever since I've been in it. I've been doing everything in my power to be out of it. And help whoever, everybody, anybody who wants help. I've seen visions of me smuggling people out of it. But... I'm stuck here. Doesn't mean I accept it. It means I have to do whatever I can while I'm here to survive. But I'm still not compromising, so I'm barely surviving. This this gotta go. God has shown me what I'm fighting for. I would be fighting so hard to be out of it and to take it down if it was meant to stay. And <clears throat> God has shown me after I've worshipped enough and I've done everything that I can and I fight hard enough. He's shown me this dropping off of me. A, a big black dark smoke like veil comes off of my head and it's breathing. It's like pulsating. And it's so dark. It's so disgusting. Oh my God. When you look at it, you're like, like you want to be like, oh, I can't believe that just came off of me. And it just sits in your face and it sounds like, ah. like it's, I don't know how to imitate this sound, but it sounds like a really high pitched noise. And you even hear villainous music like, dun, dun, dun. You hear it in your head. I can't make this up. This is happening in real life. 
I heard real villain music in my head. Super loud. And a black dark thing came off of me and I stared it right in his face. And it pulsated in front of me. And it looked like if you throw black pe black paint in the air and it just floats. And I hear a ticking time bomb in my chest. And I fear I feel things moving around in my body. And as I worship God, all these things start coming off of me. And I get dizzy. And I start to faint. <sighs> My goodness. My goodness. And Tupac came to me and he said, I thought it was going to be me. But he also said to me, he said, I see him in hell multiple times. I seen King Von in hell. I seen Marvin Gaye in hell. I seen Whitney Houston in hell. I seen some people in hell. But, um, Tupac came to me one day when I was worshiping. He said, it's the same thing I did. He said, in my hotel room. He said, I worship God like this. But I couldn't do it either because I had sex with too many women. He says the soul ties you got to break. And that's what got me. I never finished. That's why he in hell. He warned me. He said, you ain't going to finish either. And then my brother came to me, though. And my brother said to me, that's it. That's the position I saw that saved my life as I worship God. So I don't know which one it is. Is it what Tupac said, I'm not going to finish? Or is it what God said and my brother said and the prophecy said and the vision said that I'm going to finish this? Tupac came to me. He said, I, I tried. I fought it like you fought it. I, I did my best, but I couldn't because I had sex with too many women. I couldn't get rid of all those soul ties. He said, I was too heavy. And God told me, you're too heavy still. You still got the weight of sin on you. I can't do it. You have to do it. And I fought so hard. Excuse me. I'm not going to give up, but God told me that this going to happen. He said, it's going to be a good fight. For a, a while, you're going to be winning. You're going to have the best of this witch. He said, but there's going to come a time that you're going to get the best of you. you really going to think that you're going to lose. But that's going to be right before you win. I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, when he said it, I'm like, yeah, you know, of course I'm going to win. He like, oh, don't say it like that because it's going to come a time where it really feel like, you going to lose and you even contemplate like, am I going to die? Is she going to kill me? Is it going to look like? It's going to be looking like she going to kill you and you going to die. 
but that's right before you win. So, I think that's what this is. I'm starting to lose hope. I'm starting to lose faith. I'm starting to feel like I might really die. I might really lose this. I might really, you know, go to hell. This might not really work for me. And that's when I win. So, we see. God told me, all these people, you know, she got under their control. So, I can't get mad at these people. I told them they being used. They just going to keep being used then, you know, unless I fight for them. I'm going to fight for them. I keep fighting for them. That's what my power and energy is going into, fighting for them daily. That's what God told me. It's best to just do it because when you drag it out, you actually doing more work. But he also showed me. That as I worship, you know, he's giving me, he's he's blessing me so much where he's giving, he's allowing me to just nail this one worship position and save everybody all at once. So many times he said, just hold it for five minutes, but you don't know what it feels like to hold it for 30 seconds. Now, I, I don't even know if I'm, if I, somebody said 37 seconds was your longest time. And I worked on that for months. It's not because I'm lazy. It's because, like he said, I'm happy because of sin. I try my best to focus on him, but I get snatched out of my focus every time. And then I'm fighting so many things. But God said none of them can stop you. What's stopping you is you. But I also heard I have everything in me right now to win right now. I'm trying to find it.